Hello, I am so excited. You gals are in for a real treat. Um, AJ Adoption, which is also Ashley and her husband, Justin. Ashley has agreed to join us today. And my dog is not very friendly. Okay, I'm wondering if that is, if Ashley is here, if you can, um, oh, there we go, okay. I'm gonna invite you to join Ashley. And her husband adopted an embryo, or seven embryos, eight embryos, I believe. She'll tell you a little bit more. Hey! Um, ah, we did it. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I know. Seriously, before every Instagram live, I'm like, ah, I don't have enough time to get ready. Like, it's I just know. the lighting is wrong. Like, it's so stressful. <laughs> but I think this is so important. I'm really just so grateful that you've agreed to come on and talk a little bit more about your journey to becoming a mom. No, absolutely. I am very passionate about it and love to raise awareness because most people don't know about this option. At least we didn't for a while. So mm -hmm. any way that we can help, we are on board. <laughs> I just want to say like this is two kids versus one kid down below. Like you have like curls and your makeup done. <laughs> well, don't let me see you. I have hair done today. <laughs> so, I literally not intentional. Just had happened to be the same day. <laughs> Well, that's impressive because I had an arrangement with my husband where I would have some time to get ready and then that didn't work out. So oh, well, just, you look also, thank you. It's also very hot where I'm living right now. It's like been up to 100 degrees, which never happens. Uh, we're, you're Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, we're in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's a lot of humidity, but weather's not bad. We're still in summer. It's a little hot, but I'll take it. Oh, I like the fall, so I'm not, Same. I'm not I complaining. <laughs> I'm like counting down the days until fall. I am so over summer. I don't like it. Plus there's fires around us right now, so it's really smoky, yeah. but I'm just drenching in sweat and it's, I'm very ready for fall. I saw at Safeway they had like fall stuff today, so I was yeah very ready for that. We're big Halloween people. We love Halloween. My husband and I met on Halloween, so we have already have like pumpkin and any Halloween outfit you can think of. Oh my gosh. Poor kid doesn't stand a chance, but I love. I didn't know that you guys met on Halloween. We met at on Hall at a Halloween party. My brother uh, oh. has a costume party every year, and my brother asked me to cook, and I showed up with take and bake pizzas. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he thought I was cooking homemade pizzas, and. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> You're like, I just rolled out this sourdough starter. Uh, the yeah. Dough. <laughs> That's yeah. So funny. Um, so I think I found you guys through some kind of like fertility, probably actually on Instagram discover, but you were sharing about the fact that you had adopted frozen embryos, which we did is so interesting. And I had really only heard of it one time before. And I think it was really six years ago. And you and I have talked once before on the phone. And we were like, when did this start? Like, is, you yeah. didn't think it was brand new. I didn't think it was brand new. And I looked a little bit and it was saying that the Congress first, like, passed something through to try to increase awareness about the fact mm -hmm. that you can adopt frozen embryos in 2002. So that was 18 years ago. But I honestly had never heard of it before. We and... did not either. Yeah, yes. it, was, it was through... Um you know, our own fertility. And then we didn't even know about it going through our own fertility treatments. We, um, after we kind of decided this isn't the route we're going to be able to have children with, we took a lot of time. 
we grieved, we processed, we went to counseling about how are we going to accept not having a child that is biologically ours. Mm. And after a lot of time of that, we both just our desire to be parents was still so strong. So we started looking into adoption. And through looking into adoption, we heard about adopting embryos. And at first, we were kind of like, ah, this is too good to be true. Like, we have to really look into this, but it really weighed heavy on our hearts. And we prayed on it. And sure enough, it absolutely was absolutely everything it said it was supposed to be. And we have a beautiful, healthy baby girl. So I know I love that you guys are at this point in the journey too, where you have your daughter. And she's your daughter. She is just like such a little bundle of joy. She's so cute. But I love you know, because I had I had followed you guys since yeah. you were had were pregnant, I think in the some semi beginning, maybe halfway mm -hmm. through. So now it's really cool to talk to you that she's born. Yeah. And, and she is a the happiest little baby. Our pediatrician <laughs> will call her a fuller baby. She will fool us into having more children. <laughs> but she's great. She's sleeping great. And she's just the joy of our life. I mean, oh to gosh. say that she is that we love her is an understatement. She is just truly amazing. Oh <laughs> and you got to have the experience of being pregnant with her. I did. And that, and that started bonding immediately. The, to feel her move and just all of that really, really started that bonding in utero. So yeah. my husband got to, went to every appointment, got to fill her kick. We didn't know we were having a she. He said oh, that he knew really? all along. But oh, that's right. You kept it. A we, you didn't know. We were, we were surprised, which oh made it even God. more fun. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, now I have a daughter and a son. And we're thinking about if well, I really want another one. But if we do that, then we're gonna do a surprise, which it just seems really fun to be able to message your family like, Oh, it's a whatever. And the baby's actually there. Yeah, our family had lots of bets. <laughs> lots of competitions. <laughs> And really, there were no slip ups, like nobody said ahead of time, she like slipped up and said, No, we didn't even we had no idea. Nobody in our family, not even us, nobody knew. So oh it's truly a surprise. That's so but, you know, fertility, anybody who has been through infertility, you know, everything is timed, everything is planned. So there were really no surprises. And this was just that one thing that helped me feel a little more normal, as well as I mean, that's an awesome surprise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's really so cool. Oh my gosh. So I was really surprised. I'm trying to like get back to my mind frame from when I, you and I talked last time because I learned so much the first time I spoke to you and I want everybody watching this to have that same experience. So why don't you, can you walk us through like you had, and actually I'm not sure about this. You had done IVF. It didn't work out. Is that yeah, correct? And then went... you were heard about embryo yeah. adoption. Yeah, so when we, we were, our chances of ever conceiving naturally are slim to none. And immediately we started undergoing fertility treatments. And after two attempts, it was not successful. We thought about trying another, but I just, I did, wasn't called to it. I just needed a break from it. And I was just emotionally drained. And yeah. we decided, let's just step back. Let's grieve. Let's kind of let ourselves just pray on it, see where we are going to be led. Mm -hmm. And after some time, it was very easy for us to say, I'm done with it. I don't want to do any more treatments. I want to move forward because we could do who knows how many and still not have success. Yeah. And 
we started looking into adoption and we were at a seminar and they had started speaking about embryo adoption and how you can carry your adoptive child and you adopt all remaining embryos. Um, so okay. that was kind of to us like, well, maybe we want more than one child. Maybe we want three children. That gave us that option to possibly have more than one child if we would choose to. And we just started looking into it and took some time, researched, and talked to other agencies. And we went through Nightlight Christian Adoptions. Okay. Um, absolutely incredible, amazing. We went through the whole process of the uh, adoption process. And we signed our adoption papers in December. And I was pregnant in June. So the process oh, wow. okay. went very quick for us. And that process can take time depending on how quick or slow we, I'm a little bit more of a type A personality. So when it came to deadlines, I wanted them done. Um, <laughs> but you can go slower if you want it to go slow as well. So it's kind okay. of your You own. can pump the brakes if you're yeah. like, oh, you know. Yeah, not. I was not pumping brakes, but and it all, every bit of our entire adoption just completely fell into the line. And looking back now, that was 100% the path we were always meant to be on. Like, I can honestly say now, like, oh my goodness, why didn't I do that three years ago almost? But that was the path I was chosen for, so. Sure. It like, was, she was meant to be your daughter. And 100%. Kind of the windy road that led to her, basically. Yes, yes. And now you have seven embryos remaining, is that correct? We have five remaining. So we oh, adopted okay. seven embryos. Okay. Um, our first transfer, we did transfer two embryos, and we have our daughter. Okay. Um, so we have five embryos remaining. And then we can choose to do more transfers. Um, there's a lot of unknowns. We could lose our embryos in the thaw. We could not get pregnant again. Um, many things could happen that we just don't know. If we would choose to not um, continue to grow our family, legally what will happen is the embryos will go back to custody of the placing family, okay. and they can then choose to adopt them to another family who would wish to use them. But the placing family can never take the embryos from us because they are okay. our embryos if we are, as long as we are working to have children. So if we decide our family is complete, then they would go back to the custody of the placing family to be adopted to another family. Gosh, I literally have chills. Like, I don't know, talking about it. And it's like the future is here in a way it where is. these yeah. are just things that are, they feel so foreign to me and like these crazy ideas, but then to see actually they've been around for 20 years is yeah. also really crazy. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Wow, so as long as- it's nice that she, if we do choose to have child, other children, she mm -hmm. will then have biological children. They want a biology to my husband or I, but to one another. Yeah, they're biological siblings, yes. which is really cool as well. Yeah. Plus you and I talked about the fact, okay, and then that was one of my original questions is like, how do you, what do you call the donor family or mom and dad? Like, what are so all the terms? The agency, when we were working through the agency, they called them as the adopting family and then the placing family. You okay. can call them the donor family. We just kind of call them family. There are other family. They're an extension to our family. Yeah. Uh, we, we did choose an open adoption, uh, which is something that was very pulled on my heartstrings and I really wanted to be able to give our daughter that opportunity to know 
that family if she chooses. And we have one of the most heartwarming relationships with them that I can't even, the amount of love that we have for one another is truly we are just one big family. That is so, really cool. Plus I would have to think um, the fact that they had embryos to adopt Mm-hmm. To me, means maybe they had gone through some fertility treat them, treatments themselves. Correct. So then for you to be, it's a really cool way that they kind of passed along yes. some the, extra. The one thing we always will let our daughter know is she was loved by so many people. She was loved by her biological family who chose to give her life, a chance at life. And then she was loved by myself and my husband to go through everything we went through to be able to have her. So she is a well-loved little girl. (laughs) Some of those pictures really just make me almost tear up that of like when people put their babies with like all of the syringes and medicines and vials and everything that is involved in IVF and just like what it scientifically takes to make a baby. It's just, it's really like jarring, especially like I think anybody who's wanted to have kids is like, when you decide you want to have kids, you're like, okay, now I want to be pregnant tomorrow or like, you know, this month. And then anything beyond that seems to be building in stress. So then to get to the point where you need to go through injections and medicine, like that's just, you're like kind of, I don't know, uh, getting a little bit more invested or like in every sense of the word, there's more anticipation for that baby. So it's like beyond the point where, (laughs) You're like, the anticipation is beyond for her to be born. When you're in it, it's hard to see that. But coming out on the other side, you don't even remember that. Like, I I had lots of injections and lots of hormones and the ups and downs. But looking at her, it's you forget about it. So, I mean, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. So, it's, it is what it is. You know, some things are a little harder for people. And that was one thing that was harder for us. But yeah. we're here. So... That is crazy. So will you talk a little bit more about the adoption process? Like from when, when you heard about embryo adoption, like what is I that was one of my main questions. I was like, do you pay for a lawyer? Do you like what is the logistics? I guess so all the different agencies can be a little different. Um, I'll speak with what our agency did. And with our agency, we, we did we did the application phase, we completed our application that included background checks, that included some training and a lot of paperwork. Then we did a what they call a home study. They came into our home, did a little inspection, a little interviews on my husband and I. And to be honest with you, I was very nervous about that. It was the easiest part. I was so (laughs) nervous that I I can't even explain. I remember cleaning my house and I'm like, what? You know, and that wasn't even anything of it. So that was really easy. Well, you feel like you're getting judged. So you're like, let me present my best face. (laughs) Yeah. So then um, after we completed all that, we passed, it's called a family evaluation. Once we completed that, we went into a matching phase. So with the matching phase, what we had to do is we had a preference meeting. With that preference meeting, we got to say what we had preferred with a match. You, can, you get three generations of medical history. You can, they wow. will do a portfolio with photos and information about themselves. We could say we are not comfortable with schizophrenia in three generations. Or one okay. thing that was really surprising to me that I did not think about was 
would you be comfortable being matched with somebody who used either an egg or sperm donor from their IVF site? Oh, interesting. And at that okay. time, I was not prepared for that question. I didn't even think of that. And we yeah. had said at that, we said no. We said we want biological mother, biological father. And we were kind of concerned we might wait a little while. And we were told you may wait a little longer, which that's okay with us. And you can say how open or how close of an adoption you would like. We wanted a very open adoption. That could cause more time for wait. It could not. And we thought, well, let's just give it a few days. Let's see how we feel. We can, you can change those preferences at any time. Oh, that's and cool. The same goes for the placing family. They get to say what they would like in the couple that they are going to have adopting their embryos. So they can say, I want an open adoption. I want to be able to have email. I want to see how you work it out. After you go into the matching phase, then the agency worked very close on finding that perfect match. Then if they found what they thought would be a perfect match, they would show our profile to the placing family. The placing family would get to see we, our profile with photos, our information, everything that we offer to share. If they would have said, no, this isn't a match or somebody I do not want to adopt the embryos, then they, we would never know. They would just, we would not know that our profile was up, look, being looked at. If they say, yes, I want this couple to adopt my embryos, then we receive their portfolio, three generations of medical history, their embryology report, and all of that information. Then we wow. can look at all of that information and say, yes, we like this match, or no, we don't feel that this is the match for our family. And we thought we were going to wait a while, six days. <laughs> Six days later, we received a phone call that we had been matched. And we looked at the portfolio, and it was, without a doubt, just immediate, 100% was our match. And here we are. That's crazy. It's also, like, weird to hear you, hear you say that you get three generations of medical information. Because, yeah. honestly, like, I have genetic abnormalities that I've been tested for. And so even knowing that it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to judge based on like, it becomes down to criteria, but yeah, you know, like every family has a lot of health history, oh, absolutely. you know, whether it be heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, yeah. cancer, like, so it's really hard to know what to keep open to, I guess. So then after we were matched, then you go into what is called the contract phase. So, Okay. The agency does everything. So we didn't have to hire a lawyer. They had all of that in place, oh, okay. which was wonderful because that's just one less stress that I had to think of. So yeah. they work with the contract and you come up with a legal contract. And the, right now, embryos are considered property law. So what that okay. means is we legally owned the property, the embryos, before they even completed the transfer. So in the contract, okay. our contract, even though we have an open adoption, our mm -hmm. open adoption was that we would once a year send a photo and a written letter through the adoption agency to the family. Oh, At wow. first, we kind of talked about just through emails through the agency, but then our placing family had said, here's my phone number, balls in your court, I don't want to step on your toes. And instantly, we, my husband and I were like, let's talk to him. And we just have a very free-flowing and wonderful relationship now they have children 
Um, so our daughter does have biological children that she will get to know. So that was important to both of us. Gotcha. How many, can I ask how many yeah. siblings she has? So they have two children. Okay. Yeah. So she has a brother and a sister. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. And then how do you, do you have like plans for how, or have you already, your daughter's a baby actually. She, she her She's and Sadie are really similar ages. Yeah. Um, have you thought about what, how, like, or have you been told like the best way to broach it with her or talk about so it? We are approaching it now at five months old. We have lots of books about embryo donation, embryo adoption. We are trying to just make that part of her daily routine. So there's never a time that we have to tell her that she's just big, always like sit down reveal, yes. like, guess she, what? <laughs> yep. She's just always going to know we're going to be honest and upfront and obviously we'll make it age appropriate. She doesn't quite understand at five months, but at least she's going to remember hearing these things. And we always want her to, the main thing, she is loved by so many. And that is something we will work our entire life to make sure that she knows whether it was through embryo adoption or natural. So that's how we're kind of approaching it. Just always being upfront and not telling her always making her know of it. So it's never a secret for her. Got it. And then how do you talk about the donor family? Like what are the terms that you have felt comfortable using with her? So we either say the placing family or the donor family. Mm -hmm. uh, usually just kind of use the word family. Um, that way she never gets confused with mom or dad. We are, yeah. I, mom, my husband is dad. And then we just, we will refer to them as extended family, the placing family, donor family, whatever it is at that time that she may understand. So that's how we, and we, we have FaceTimed with them. So that way they are able to see her for her children to, oh, really? because that way her children can, they understand and explain to them. Oh, yeah. so, so it's, it's for all the children to understand that this is the way it is and just make it as special as we can for everybody involved. And it truly is. And I'm not just saying that it's truly yeah. And you that's don't have really to have cool. an open adoption. Yeah, okay. The, so, yeah, that's the, like a whole spec, wide spectrum that yeah. you can choose. Yes, so we did one. Oh, being open was very important to us, and that was one of the things that we did speak of in our preference meeting. But you can say, I want semi-open. Maybe you just want to write a letter and have that communication if needed or once a year or whatever you are comfortable with. I've met a lot of people through embryo adoption and the scale of that is all over. And many people, it's whatever you are comfortable with and what you are comfortable with with your match. And it has been, for everybody I've spoke with, has been just wonderful, whether it be semi-open or completely open. Wow. Because the way you look at it from the placing side, they they wanted life for those embryos or they would not have placed them for adoption. Sure. They wanted, they struggled to be able to have their own children so their hearts understand what the adopting family is looking for as well, which makes it even more like sent, sentimental in that way. Yeah, like they know what it's like to want so badly to start a family that they're willing to pass along their good luck, I guess, and having <laughs> extra embryos yeah. to somebody else. Yes. Uh, but you and I talked about the fact that you and the placing donor mom look a lot alike, which we do because that's like, you totally could have gone the other way and said, you know, nobody would ever know, like, we could have I look like the donor mom. So let's, yeah. you know, just 
nobody, literally nobody would ever know unless you had said something. Correct. And we, you could go that route. I mean, especially because you're pregnant, people see you pregnant, you could, nobody would ever know. And it was yeah. just honestly God working that we look that way because that is not something that we were able to say that we wanted. I wasn't able to say, I want somebody who's five, six with brown hair. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was not an option. Um, it just so happened that the two of us do look a lot alike. Um, uh -huh. Also with, my, with our daughter, I see her mimic my facial expressions too which yes. makes it look a little bit like, you know, she's very smiley. I'm a very smiley person. And I can see her constantly mimicking my expressions, which is kind of neat to see because I'm like, oh my goodness, that looks just like me. <laughs> that is so cool. It is like the whole nature versus nurture, but there's yeah. so much, you know, especially if you were pregnant with her that has, mm -hmm. you guys have really become one and like a part of your family, of course. That is so cool. Um, can you share a little bit about like maybe your different fears in the process? Like what what the whole experience was like emotionally? Like you said, oh, it was really fast. It went, it was six it months. But to me, like, if you're like, I want to start a family, I've already been through so much. I want it, you know, obviously started tomorrow. Like that's a really long time actually. So I, I felt that everything went like in this. I, we started paperwork and we were matched and we, we did a transfer and I was pregnant and I'm just looking back. I can't even believe, I think because when you struggle with infertility for so long, you just get to that point where you are just, I just want to be a mom and whatever I can do to do, to be a mom, you will do. If you would have told me to stand on my head and eat ants, I would have done it. <laughs> so I think... I think going through infertility and struggling for that time period, it was nice to have a little bit of that control. Like I can control when I'm going to do this paperwork. I can control if I, if I want to pump the brakes, I can control that. And I think so much was out of my control for so long that that was the one thing that kind of grounded me a little and helped me with that. There was many ups and downs. I am not going to sit here and say this was so easy. We went through many struggles of emotional. The one thing that we did, even through our own infertility, was we went to, we found a great counselor. And my husband and I went and we spoke with a counselor to help us navigate those emotions, help us how to communicate with one another. Sometimes he was up here, I was down here, and we would be here. And we really needed that support. We were also extremely open and vulnerable about our entire journey. Going through infertility, we weren't. We were very quiet. Our family didn't know. Our oh, friends wow. didn't know. And I hated it. And it wasn't that I was embarrassed or that I didn't want people to know. I just couldn't navigate those emotions. I felt isolated and alone. Going through embryo adoption, I wanted... I wanted people to know about it as well as I needed that support as well from my family and friends. And there are days where I'm thinking, why are we doing this? This is so hard. What if this doesn't work? What if we lose our embryos? What if we, what if our match, we don't like them? What if they don't like us? What happens, what happens if we love our match and I am unable to get pregnant and we have to be rematched with another family? There's oh, still fears that happen. Currently, what if we are unable to have more children? 
Will we choose to be rematched? What if we don't like that family? What if that family doesn't like us? What if I don't have that good of a relationship? The Who can't like you? Really? The list. <laughs> Thank you. The list goes on. So those emotions, and when you're in those moments, those emotions are real and they are hard. The best advice that I have that helped me personally was support from family and friends. Our counselor really gave us the tools we needed to communicate as well as how to navigate through those really tough emotions mm -hmm. and lean on your partner. My husband and I became so close through this process. Really? We made every little piece of our adoption a celebration, a step in the right direction. If we got done with all of our educational pieces, we would say, open a bottle of wine and let's celebrate. We made everything just a step forward and we laughed. We made it a point to not lose ourselves as you can with, with infertility. We made this a way to bond to each other. And to this day, it has, it can make or break a couple. And I am blessed to say that it really bonded the two of us. And that was one thing If any emotions came up, I just kind of said, this is what I'm feeling. We checked in with each other daily. My husband's a little bit of a character. <laughs> He's, he has quite the sense of humor. So yeah. he made a lot of this fun. Um, he would, during injections, he would sing silly shots or, or not, he would sing the like, hit me with your best shot. Like he'd sit and sing the songs <laughs> and dance. And it just, we tried to honestly make the best of what has been given to us. And I'm wow. so grateful we did. We never gave up. There were days where, you know, we can't do this anymore. And this is just, we're, what's wrong with us and all the normals, but it really worked out and we just kept moving forward and we leaned on the support of family and friends and Instagram. Holy cannoli. I have made some of the best friends. Really? <laughs> yes. We have a little community and it's not one of those communities and that you really thought you'd ever be a part of, but it has right. some rock stars. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I know. So my sister shared on Instagram that she had gone through IVF, but she was more private in her journey but there's definitely like a very wide array as you said like you mentioned yeah. that your family and friends didn't know that you guys were going through IVF is that something now in hindsight you wish that you had shared earlier or what do you yes think? yes and no so I think that I look back on that and it was a very dark time in our life however though I think we needed that I think we needed that privacy in that moment to kind we didn't know what to expect Looking back now, maybe I could have probably used some support, but at that moment, no, I didn't want the world to know. I wanted that private between my husband and I, and it was hard. I think people suspected something because we, people knew we wanted children and we were married and not having children. And I think people suspected it, but no, in that moment, I, I'm okay with the fact that we went through that privately. Hmm. I was in a dark place. He was in a dark place and we just needed to kind of grieve that alone. Yeah. Would it have helped? Probably, but I don't have regrets. No. Yeah, that's great. This is totally putting you on the spot and feel free oh, to no. just like fast forward. <laughs> but I'm working on an article right now that's like how to best support someone in your life going through infertility yeah. or IVF. I guess if you can even speak to like 
as you were talking about, if people are like, oh, I know that they want kids and they're married, like, yeah. what do you think is the best thing that people can do in that situation? Like, if you're someone that's close yeah. in someone's family or like a, a close-ish friend, not somebody that you just know, you know, are meeting or whatever, and they're like, when are you having babies? That's like, oh, okay. That's the worst. <laughs> or the, and they ask, what's wrong with you? Oh, my gosh. It's like, right. what's wrong with you? But Yeah, um, what's wrong with you why you would ask I, that question? The best advice I have that is do not treat them differently. You mm -hmm. know, keep, treat them like a person. I found that a lot of people, when they knew that we were struggling, they didn't want to invite us to the baby shower. They didn't want to talk about their children in front of us in fear of upsetting us. That yeah. almost made it a little worse because I don't want to be isolated. I want to, I am happy for you. Another piece of advice I always give people is to tell your friends who are struggling with infertility, tell them privately before you announce at a big family function. Let them process that alone because if they are upset or need to process that, that needs to be done privately. So I always appreciate when our friends or family will tell us instead of at Christmas day in front of everybody, allow them some grace they're happy for you. We are happy for every one of our friends or family. But in that moment, we're sad for us. So allow them grace. Let them know that it's going to be okay. And the best thing, don't give them advice on how to get pregnant. <laughs> A lot of times people will say like, oh, my neighbor down the street, they did X, Y, and Z, and they got pregnant. And that was a little hard for for me to hear. So I think just treating them normal, allowing them grace, don't offer them advice on things and make them feel a part of everything too. I hated when people would just leave me out of everything because they didn't want to upset me. And that's not the case. I wanted to be a part of it. And I was always honest and set would say, I'm sorry, but I can't be in this conversation right now, or this is upsetting me. And mostly everybody I've ever come across has been very respectful to say, okay, we'll change the subject. But just, I think, not letting them feel alone and maybe even just reaching out to them and saying, I'm here to support you. I'm here when you're, I'm here to talk when you are ready. Even just letting people know that they have that option. Yeah, that really like hurts my heart <laughs> just hearing too. Like it's such an isolating experience and is yeah. almost like a glass box of everybody else, like being able to have kids when they want and starting families when they want. And then especially if you're like, I mean, that's the most basic thing, like not being invited to a party, you know, like in elementary school, it's like, oh, I wasn't invited to that party or so to hear, to feel like you might not. And again, they're like trying to protect you, but it's yeah. just, it's a hard thing to navigate the whole situation. It is, but I am blessed. I have some of the most incredible family and friends that have supported me from the moment they knew. And even now, I still have the, I have a support around me that like, I could cry right now thinking how supported I am. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they treat me, I am just a family member or I'm just a friend. I am not their infertile family member or their infertile friend. <laughs> <laughs> what, so I feel like there's a lot of people like myself, for example, where you, you didn't know, I didn't know anybody before who had struggled with infertility, maybe hearing it for the first time. There's just this big, and again, like my sister's advice was everyone is so different. Like some people may want to then tell you I'm going through IVF and not say anything else. And then some people may want to have a blog and share like, here's injection number, yeah. whatever. 
So there's definitely a wide array, but I guess, um, like, how did you get to the point of having such great support? Like, what is there something that you could, a kernel of wisdom that you can impart to people who are, who have heard someone in their life saying, we're going through IVF or we're doing XYZ to start a family? Like, what advice? What, like, if you could, if I could just be your, like, dumb friend who's like, oh, what, you're going through IVF? Like, what would you tell me to do? I mean, I would just say, be there when I need you. And I hate to say that, but what I need today isn't what I might need tomorrow. And those emotions are so up and down. And there's no right way to navigate infertility in any way. The way that you may want to process it is completely different than the way I want to process and that is okay. However you want to process is absolutely okay. There is no right or wrong way and no easy way to tell somebody, even myself, what is going to help me through this because I might be fine today, but tomorrow I'm not. And that's just how it is. And I think we have to find peace with that and find peace and what works for you and what works, that's how you do it. And sometimes what worked for me was just riding my bike. I just needed to ride my bike and I felt better. Other times I needed to cry and stomp my feet and throw a little tantrum for a minute. And it just, it just depends. There's no right or You'd wrong way. You'd be the cutest person stomping your feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell my husband that. <laughs> he was, you mentioned that he had shared, um, oh, but before we get to that, somebody had yeah. asked a question. Um, how do you choose the embryo? Do they give you some information or pictures of siblings? Yes. You had shared that that the donor family saw your pictures, but did you ever get to see their pictures besides the medical? The yes, we do. So yeah. the way the, okay. so the you both of both parties would have a preference meeting of what you would prefer to have as in a match. The agency worked their magic and said, "Well, this one with this one kind of looks good," and then. They showed our profile to the placing family, had all of our information, and the, the adoption agency helped us create that. The adoption agency walked us through every single step. We had counselors and guidance. There wasn't a minute I could not call somebody and they walked us through it. It was absolutely incredible. Once we were we at our match, they give us their portfolio. Their portfolio was filled with information about them, photos, oh, no photos of them, photos of their children, three generations of medical history, their embryology report, because we <laughs> wanted to send our embryology report to our doctor to make sure that they would accept and everything. And then we had the choice to say yes or no to that match. So you get a lot of it. A lot more information than you that's, would actually think. Yeah. Well, that's more information than you would get getting pregnant. Actually, you know, like without any fertility treatments, like nobody has that much information. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of, at first I was like, wow, I don't even know this about myself, but. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow. That is so crazy. Okay. So when you, you get offered their embryos basically after they've accepted you and then you can say yes or no. Correct. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, and then this is something that nobody really likes to talk about, but financially, like, yeah. what is that process like? So that will vary based off of agency to agency and also medical. It can be different medically. Our entire embryo adoption from the beginning of it to our end of our transfer was roughly around $13,000. So it's okay. actually more affordable than 
IVF. Um, yeah, so our agency fee, I believe our agency fee was around $8,000. And this would be a great question for my husband because he has it on a chart. And if anybody is interested, we can tell you exactly to the penny. But, yeah. but with the agency fee, they did everything. That included, okay. you know, all of it. We paid a little bit. Forget the fee for the home study. It wasn't that much. Uh, we had to pay for, like, our background checks, fingerprinting, things like that. Then, um, like, that's the shipping's all included because they ship it from whatever clinic that the placing family is in to your clinic. Um, then comes the medical. So it depends. Like, a transfer can be anywhere from 2000 to 7000 I think, is the average. Okay. That could change based off of where what clinic you're at, as well as you may need one transfer, you may need two transfers, you may need additional medications, insurance may cover some, insurance may not cover some. So it does vary, but I would say roughly what I have spoke with most people, it's under the 15,000 mark. Okay. And that is, we adopted all embryos. So it's not per embryo, we adopted it, all the remaining embryos from the placing family. So that was, that's a really nice part of embryo adoption that I really liked is that I have, we, it's between the two families. Gotcha. So if you are feeling ready to continue having more children, mm -hmm. then you would pay just for the transfer is Correct. That? So, and medication. Yep. Whatever it is that I would need medically, we would pay that portion. So depending on your clinic, it can be, your insurance might even cover it. Some insurance, our insurance did not cover the medical, but there are some insurance agencies that it is covered for the medical part. Um, that I'm not aware of what with insurance. Um, so for us, we already have the embryos. Now we do have to pay a yearly storage fee. Oh, yeah, we, okay. actually, we just got it. So I can tell you it was $375 for the year to what? store our embryos. That's yeah. it? That feels That's like it. not that much money. I know. So we did have to store. Now that was our clinic. Another clinic could be different. Sure, sure. Um, but that was for our yearly storage. Then I believe our next transfer, and I could be wrong on this. I'd have to ask my husband, but I think it'll cost around 3000 for another transfer. Now, okay. if we have a transfer and it's not successful and we have to do another transfer, you keep paying for transfers. But we do not have to in any way pay any more adoption. That is already done. That's like a done deal. You done deal. The, yep. one, the one time yep. fee. Yes. Got so if, if you really need more questions, I can gladly have you ha do an interview with my husband because he no. will tell you everything. Where are you on your that. spreadsheet? I know. He would love it. <laughs> Probably sing and dance for you too, but. Oh my gosh. I really want to meet him. I mean, is he around or? He's not. He actually is oh. putting the little one to bed. I told God him bless I, him. I God know. bless him, really. I know. <laughs> I feel like I know him through the photos that you share. You guys have done a really fun job, like sharing Thank photos. You. And yeah. I feel like it would be such a treat to be the placing family to see how yeah. happy you guys are and like that you've shared so much and you had said that it was just really on your heart to kind of share because you felt like you've been given yeah. a really great gift. So it's really cool and that you share that with everybody else. Too. I will never be able to give back what has been given to me. So if I can help one other family know that this is an option and walk them through it and be there to support them, 
then I will do whatever I can for others just to make sure that other women know they are not alone. Other men, my husband counsels and talks with other men going through this because as women, we constantly, we're the ones that have the injections. We're the ones with the hormones and we, we are focused on. Sometimes they forget about, we forget about the dudes, you know, <laughs> they have emotions too. And he was there every tear, every, he cried days and those emotions, sometimes we forget about them a little and it's hard for them, you know? And that was one thing with us in counseling that we had to learn how to communicate through those emotions because there were days that I was fine and he wasn't or vice versa. And not just through embryo adoption, throughout all of our infertility. Yeah. Okay, two logistical questions. We're gonna, like Instagram will hard cut us off in 11 minutes just to give you a heads up. But um, how did you find your counselor originally through infertility? Like how, how did that happen? So we actually, our, our original fertility clinic had recommended a counselor to us right at the very beginning. We met with a counselor and I just didn't feel a connection. Nice as can be, I just didn't leave there and be like, oh. I was just like, well, that was okay. So I did a little research and I looked online and I called a few places and spoke with a few counselors on the phone. And over the phone, I spoke with uh, one counselor and she just kind of, I don't know, I just kind of connected and we made an appointment. And after that first initial appointment, I, I felt peaceful and I thought, I want to keep filling that. And we just made appointments and <laughs> Sometimes we would go and we would talk about, I don't know, our dogs. It was like, okay, but we always left there feeling like a little bit of weight has been lifted. And I truly find that you have to find that person. And our first counselor, I didn't feel that way. Nothing wrong with that person. I just didn't have that instant connection. So we found her and we are not letting her go. We still every once in a while will call her and say, hey, we just want to come talk for a little bit. Yeah. And is that, that's not covered by insurance at all? Oh, it is. Yes. Oh, that, it is. Oh. Yes. Any of our counseling wow. and the adoption agency going through our embryo adoption, they had support for us the entire process. So if I just wanted to pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm feeling a little, I'm, I'm not feeling right about this, or am I okay by feeling this, or I'm just not sure, I would call somebody and they would talk me through everything. And all of our emotions are valid. There's no right or wrong, you know. Like I said, one day I felt up and one day I felt down. So we would just, and everybody at our adoption, say, our, excuse me, our adoption agency was wonderful. And if any of them are listening, they will probably vouch how many times I call just to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I would call and say, okay, our embryos are going to be shipped. How about, where are they right this moment? And then later, I'll call. <laughs> and how about now? <laughs> That's what they're there for. And they they're in that for that's their career and that's where their hearts are led to and they truly help yes. you're not alone there's so much support out there definitely and you mentioned that you found out about the adoption agency or maybe even just an embryo adoption at a conference is that what you said yeah i went we made they had like a introduction to um just adoption traditional domestic infant adoption and we oh. were like, let's go listen and kind of gain a little information and they start talking about it. And at that moment, we just thought it was too good to be true. So we started looking into it and we reached out to a few adoption agencies that did have embryo adoption. And we went through Nightlight Christian Adoptions, the Snowflake program. 
And instantly we knew that that was the best fit for our family. There's multiple agencies out there though. Okay. How did you find out about like the conference or what? Um, we, I, honestly, I don't know how we did. I don't know. Maybe we re signed up for an email. I honestly have no <laughs> idea. I honestly, it was I just meant to be. Yes. I don't know how I found to go to the, I think we just started Googling adoption and found some meetings. But at the time, we didn't even know about embryo adoption. Yeah, that is so cool. And it was like a, an in-person conference that you yes. went to? Yes, yeah, so okay. it was an in-person, just a basic educational workshop about the different types of adoption. And they start talking about it. And I thought, hmm, let me, let me look into this. This is, this is something. And I've always wanted to be pregnant. I always, mm. even as a child, I remember putting a pillow under my belly and yeah. saying, <laughs> Like, oh, this is what I'm gonna look like. And the fact that I could carry our adoptive baby was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Still, science is amazing and God is amazing and it just truly is truly amazing. Yes, it's really crazy just the variety as we've mm -hmm. been talking about. Like, people are such on the spectrum of like what you share, what you don't share, what you're comfortable with in terms of adoption. Like some people probably do embryo adoption and choose to never tell a soul or some people adopt, you know, grown mm -hmm. children. And there's just like such a variety in the journey to growing your family. And so it's just been really cool to hear about what you and Justin have found, yeah. like the route and avenue to grow your family. And it's really cool that you still have embryos left and I and that's really exciting and obviously scary still but if there are any as cute as your little baby that came out already <laughs> you're in for a treat I'm sorry what I said you're in for a treat oh, if, any, if these embryos that yeah. you've been given are like anywhere near as cute and sweet as Kaylee you're in I for know. a big treat she's amazing such a I think remind me of her birthday March 6th Okay, so uh, my daughter Sadie is April 4th, so they're Yay! less than a month apart. Yes. And they're just, it's a fun age. Oh, it know. is so. Her giggle, like, she finds our dogs absolutely hysterical. <laughs> like, oh. I'm like, I wish that I laughed over the dogs running up and down the fence, but they're, yeah, it's great. Such Hopefully a Sadie will start giggling. She has, she'll like do a little something, but not quite there yeah. yet. A look ahead will be so fun. Aww. Oh my gosh, Ashley. Well, thank you so much. I yeah. really can't thank you enough for opening up your heart and sharing and being so vulnerable and open. And I know there's so many people on different journeys to motherhood and, and infertility and fertility. And um, I just really appreciate this because as I had told you the first time, like I had only heard of it very Mm -hmm. uh, peripherally and so it's really really cool to be able to just sit down and ask like what was the process how much did it cost you know what yeah. was covered and... oh I could talk for about four more days about it because there's a lot of the details but are you okay with people like I oh, know you guys absolutely. have a special Instagram account set up that seems yes. like it's your yes. adoption and journey. it's actually a, like a little diary now like if people ask us questions I can like scroll back through and be like oh on this date we did this and then my husband has like spreadsheets that we can <laughs> so yeah anybody that has questions please send them we are here to support here to help um anything that we can do we just want to be able to give back even a little bit which we never will be able to but you know we're here to support and help anybody oh 
Well, thank you so much. I'll definitely, so when this is done, it's going to go to my profile. So if you have people that want to watch it later, I'll send you the link and then um, I'll definitely tag you so that people can connect with you that way too. Sounds great. Thank you guys so much. Thank you nice so much. Oh. Yes, you too. I can never thank you enough. I really, really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye.